Have you ever had a project that you tell yourself you're going to make happen, but you don't actually do it until you start telling other people you're making it happen? Well, that's sort of how this podcast came to be. I've been wanting to make a podcast based on my blog for quite some time, and this month I just started interviewing awesome people in the Paris food and beverage scene, knowing that once I had the interviews, I'd be inspired to finally put them together in a podcast. I hope you enjoy what I've put together, and please be patient as I figure out how to do this better as I go. I'm Emily Dilling, and this is the Perry Paysan Podcast. Today we're going to visit an organic market in Paris, talk cocktails with a local expert, and learn more about Paris's craft beer scene and the second annual Paris Beer Week, which will be held in the city from May 22nd to May 31st. So without further ado, let's head to the market. For our first report, we're headed to Marché Bio des Batignolles in the 17th arrondissement. There I met with Omid and Alana, who are the couple behind Emperor Norton, a sort of freelance catering and event planning business that has taken Paris by storm. We met up to talk about the market and what's in season. So I met Marché Batignolles with Omid and Alana from Emperor Norton. We're at the one of Paris's three all-organic markets and um, looking around at what's in season. And I was just wondering if you guys have some special vendors here, some stands, or kind of addresses that you always stop at when you come to this market? Uh, well, we always do a, kind of a tour of the whole market before we buy anything because that way we get a, get a good view of what is available. Uh, you know, even though it's an organic market, uh, certain vendors will have stuff that's way out of season or brought over from overseas. Uh, so we get kind of a kind of an overview before we attack. Uh, but the uh, Oval du Couton at the north end of the market is uh, is kind of always a good weather vane, so to speak, to see uh, to see what they have because they grow most of their own stuff, and you can see kind of what's in season, and it gives you a good idea of what uh, what to look for throughout the rest of the market. Although. We tend, to, we tend to like buying some stuff from them because they're small and they're nice and they have good stuff. Is there anything in particular you're looking for today at the market or do you just kind of see what inspires you with what's in season? Um, usually we start with just kind of what inspires us. Uh, occasionally we have an actual shopping list. Um, we, have, we do both buying for our business as well as for our family, and right now we have a baby, so we're always looking for things to feed her. Right now, as far as what looks interesting and inspiring, I'm looking over my shoulder, I'm looking at these branches of elderflowers, and uh, you don't see that you know, really on the market too often in Paris, usually you have to go out like forage for it, if you want to be really trendy, uh, but we're looking at those and we're like, okay, I'll make a drinking vinegar out of it. And so for Emperor Norton, you guys do, I think, um, maybe most people recognize you for your cakes and um, that we can find in coffee shops all over the city, so they're pretty ubiquitous. But you also do different pop-up events and things like that, and also um, supply for bars, different more savory things. Are there some kind of specialties that you source locally? Well, yeah, we do, uh, we do pickled eggs, uh, among other pickles, over mm-hmm. at Glass in Pigalle. And so, in fact, right now uh, they've got they've got an order coming in. So we need to pick up some nice beets that give the pickled eggs their nice purple color, and we're gonna get them here. And do you guys have any events coming up or things that you wanna share with our audience? Uh, we just wrapped up a rager of a tiki night uh, with our friends over at Red House, and uh, they said, "Okay, you guys uh, pick the uh, pick the theme for the next one." 
So we're still working on a theme. Hopefully it'll be something exciting and it should happen in early June. Cool, cool. And so where can we find out about the events? Facebook or do you have a website that we should? Uh, our Facebook page is the best place to look okay. for it. So yeah, look up uh, Emperor Norton on Facebook and uh, we'll be the one in Paris. Awesome, thank you so much guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You can get updates and find out what Emperor Norton are up to by visiting their Facebook page or following them at Norton of Paris on Instagram and Twitter. When Omid mentioned making a drinking vinegar out of elderflower, one person immediately came to mind, Forrest Collins of 52 Martinis. Forrest is a Paris-based cocktail expert and the reference when it comes to cocktail culture in this city. Forrest was kind enough to take some time out to talk to me about drinking vinegars, as well as the history behind them. Hi Forrest. Hi Emily. So, can you tell me a little bit about shrubs or drinking vinegars, can we say as well? Yeah, I think we can call them both the same thing. Shrubs and sh drinking vinegars are the same thing. I think that basically shrubs or drinking vinegars came into American consciousness in the colonial times because we were all trying to preserve things. So it was at about that point in time when we were doing it in the States. Also, I've heard in other countries they were doing basically the same thing. We're trying to preserve things beyond the season, which is interesting. So shrubs came into my consciousness uh, about five years ago when uh, certain people in the cocktail world were picking up on them. So for example, like Jamie Boudreaux um, from Seattle um, was doing a lot of things with shrubs uh, five years ago. Most people have only now just kind of glommed onto them, but it's kind of interesting because um, basically now we're taking this idea of shrubs and putting them in cocktails. So shrubs aren't necessarily for cocktails, but right now they're being used in cocktails a lot? Exactly. I feel like um, shrubs were actually something that weren't, they were not at all created for cocktails. They were created to preserve fruits beyond their season. And I personally still use shrubs to make drinks for people who aren't, aren't into cocktails. Let's have something that's non-alcoholic with a shrub. But yeah, no, I do think that um, all of the cocktail lovers right now are kind of fascinated with shrubs because it's an interesting way to add sweet and tart to your drink and also add a fruit or a vegetable that's out of season into the drink. It's interesting because you've got cocktails, you always have this uh, balance of sweet and tart. And so with the shrub, you've got the sweet and tart already and then you add it with some alcohol it's great it's kind of like if you preserve tomatoes and you can have tomato sauce in winter and with shrubs you can have berries in winter exactly you can have your shrubs for a very long time there are people who will say their shrubs only last a few months i let my shrubs last a very long time but you know i only serve people things at home i don't have to worry about being in a bar where I might have to worry about regulations. <laughs> but I do think that, um, yeah, shrubs let you extend the uh, quality of life for your fruits or vegetables for a really long time. But also they bring something a little bit more, not just that we're extending the, the season for fruit or vegetable, but that we're also bringing something sweet and, and sour to a drink, which is very important for cocktails. It brings that like added element of flavor, that added flavor component. It's one of the three legs. I mean, the cocktail you've got strong, sweet, sour. So, I mean, a shrub is going to bring sweet and sour all the time. 
and sometimes a little bit of strong, depending on how much vinegar you put in there. Is it a hard thing to do, or is it a pretty simple, easy way to preserve seasonal produce? Actually, it's pretty easy. Basically, you need to take a fruit, acid, and sugar, mix them together. There's multiple recipes, but it, to be very basic, you can take one part fruit, one part sugar, one part acid, mix it together. There are different schools of thought, whether or not you do them warm, hot, but you're basically just putting some strawberries, some sugar, and some vinegar together to make it happen. Are there certain fruits or other ingredients that lend themselves better to shrubs? No, not really. I mean, I think that you have to look at the fruits or the vegetable that you're using to see if it's more acidic. Like tomatoes are very acidic or like lemons are very acidic. So if you're going to use something like that, I would say use it as a side. Like you might create a shrub with a base ingredient like blueberries, as we've done, and then put some lemon peels in them to get a little bit of lemon in there. Um, but I think you, yeah, you do need to kind of just think a little bit about how acidic a fruit is before you go forward with it. Thank you so much, Forrest. Well, thanks for talking to me. Forrest is the founder of the Site 52 Martinis, and more recently, The Chamber, a select social club for modern urban cocktail lovers. You can find out more information about The Chamber at thechamberparis.com. Let's move from creative cocktails to craft beer, which is currently experiencing a renaissance in Paris. Craft brewers in and around the city are responsible for introducing locally made craft beer to Parisians. Paris Beer Week is an opportunity to showcase the talent of these brewers as well as have a ton of fun. I spoke to Kate Robinson, who is involved with helping oversee and organize this year's event, which will host events at bars, bottle shops, and breweries across the city. I'm here with Kate, who's overseeing the partially the organization of Paris Beer Week this year. So why don't you explain to me, Kate, a little bit about what your role is um, in Paris Beer Week, and then we'll talk about some of the events themselves. Um, so I'm secretary of Beer et Papi, which is a nonprofit organization that started in 2010 to promote craft beer in Paris. And since then, it's evolved to become the org- like the overseeing body, <laughs> the body that oversees communication uh, and coordination of the Paris Beer Week. So Paris Beer Week itself is kind of a collection of events put on by um, about 30 different participants within the Paris beer community. So you can kind of think of it like, it's a little bit like an off, um, it was like a fringe festival, like, you know, theater festival, there's kind of stuff all over the place. And then we have a culminating event, which is the grand finale, which will be on May 30th. And that's that's when there'll be about 30 brewers from around the world will be on site serving their beer. Uh, They'll be there to answer questions, give tastings, there'll be some conferences. So that's sort of like our our big show. Uh, And the rest will happen all through the week leading up to that. So that's interesting. I didn't realize there was, the organization predates Paris Beer Week. Mm -hmm. And so what what was the inspiration for the first annual Paris Beer Week? How did that come to be? So I wasn't there at that time. Uh, so legend has it <laughs> um, that a group of friends were, well, so the group of friends who had started Beer Papi, uh, they were responsible for the Soiree Malte, which were um, beer-themed events, uh, tastings, brewer nights, that kind of thing. So that started, and then uh, this group of friends uh, was having a drink one night and said, hey, you know, there are beer festivals around the world. Uh, why don't we have a beer festival in Paris? And that's sort of how it started. Pretty, it started pretty organically. Basically, friends got together, 
organize the festival. Um, and then this year, the idea was to just try to smooth out some of the wrinkles uh, that you know, people observed in, in last year's organization. What's interesting about Paris Beer Week is that it's neither a, a, a settlement, it's not, it's not a, a trade fair, it's not a, a commercial event. It's really about the community and it's about promoting craft beer and the work that goes into that and that whole spirit. The intention is more that it's a small group of people who are all volunteer and the idea is to sort of make sure that anybody who's involved is shares the same values. So it's a little bit, it can be a little bit complex, but the idea is just to keep that kind of um, spirit of craft. It's hard to define. I mean, it's kind of, I think, maybe in natural wine as well, there's a lot of debate among even natural winemakers or people who love it that, about what that means. So did the, the, the participants sort of come together on an agreement of what that term means, or is that a whole can of worms? <laughs> That's a whole can of worms that um, we... So Greg uh, Grégoire is uh, our president of Berry Papier, and in the beginning, it was him and I working on a her constitution, <laughs> maybe you could say. Just to think of, like, what does Paris Beer Week stand for? What is craft beer? And we quickly realized that it's really difficult. You can't make a definition for everybody because everybody has their own definition. So... We really just tried to keep it around that sense of quality and, and openness and, um, yeah, and community and education. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but every year I think we get a little bit better. And so what are some um, maybe new elements or things you're excited about this year or things that you would maybe suggest if someone wanted to come and, and do a few events? How could they navigate that and what are you, what are you excited about this year? Well, definitely buy your ticket now for the Grand Finale because that's really cool. It's a full day long event. It's 15 euros. You get a commemorative glass <laughs> uh, for uh, jetons, so like for uh, like tokens for beer, which is pretty cool. What's really cool about that is we're having it at the Bilbilwaze, and they've agreed to replace all of their uh, taps with craft beer. So that's pretty cool because it's a really... Um, like it's a well-known venue, and it's a really great way to reach a new public, and that's what it's all about, too, is showing people, you know, you can drink craft beer, and it doesn't have to be twice as expensive as Heineken or, you know, sorry, I don't know if I should <laughs> cite names, but, um, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. We're excited about that. Um, of course, there's uh, La Onze, which is the collaborative beer that's brewed by, uh, I think it's still, it was 11 or 12 brewers this year. Uh, it's an India wheat ale, and that's what will be for sale in uh, most of the participating um, uh, businesses. Um, and that is that goes to fund the festival. So by buying that beer, you support the continued existence of uh, Paris Beer Week. And then in terms of events, there are so many. I think we had like hundreds. So really, the website's online. Everything is there. In terms of navigating, I would say... Take vacation days. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on what people like. There are beer, um, sorry, there are brewer nights, so brewers will be there presenting their beers. There are food pairings. There are workshops on um, you know detecting faults, faulty flavors in beer. So it kind of depends, and that's what's great. Is there something for everyone, whether you're a novice or you know? Also, um, there are a few events at participating cocktail bars, so we're seeing some kind of like um, crossover. crossover, yeah, into some other places. So that's really cool once again because for me what I think is really great and what we like, what we're trying to do is to kind of spread the good beer word so we don't want it to stay you know just among beer geeks um, but we really want other people to discover it and if that's through food that's great if that's through cocktails that's great so what are the best resources can you just do a rundown of the different social media people can follow or look at so Twitter uh, Facebook 
and the website. The website's the best for uh, like a, just a big calendar so you can see everything. I mean, the stuff is still being updated, um, but eventually, especially for that week, that'll be there. Um, we, we, had a, we have a partnership with Time Out and we just printed um, like a map. So there'll be like all the different um, bars and cabs. Thank you so much, Kate. And we look forward to Paris Beer Week for the second time around. Thank you. See you there. <laughs> Paris Beer Week will be held between May 21st to the 31st. Check out LaParisBeerWeek.com for more information and a full schedule. Marty Hartzog and Nicole Richardson are the team behind The Parasites, a project that hosts takeovers and other events throughout the city. Their most recent event, a granola war and latte penis art competition, which was held in collaboration with their friend Oliver at Cafe Chilongo, was pretty much as goofy as it sounds. The ladies will be hosting and participating in a few different events during Paris Beer Week, and they took some time out to talk to me about one of the particular events and a little bit about their project, The Parasites. So I'm here with Marty and Nicole from The Parasites, um, and let's just start with like how you guys got to Paris and maybe met each other. Um, we actually met at a, a coffee beer event at Cafe Lomi, and I don't know how we started talking about it, but we both realized that we were married but single, and as <laughs> I had already started making, met quite a few girls actually in the same situation, I had like a pretend club and invited Nicole to join us. <laughs> yep, that was it. Brought in like craft beer element to a single, married but singles girls club. Yeah. We like, we started working <laughs> together. Um, she's a chef at Cafe Lomi, and then I started working there as a chef, and I don't know, and then we started doing events and collaborating, and we created. But we started doing events because because Oliver was working at Cafe Lomi, and he was yeah. talking shit because he said Americans can't make Mexican food. So then, yeah, that was our first event. So the we taco started takeover. Like, yeah, the taco we don't takeover. do pop ups. We don't do pop ups. Yeah. We do takeovers. So that's kind of where parasites came from. But what are kind of the guiding principles of your events, or the sort of philosophy that you guys have behind a parasite event? I mean, all of our stuff is usually based in food, beer, and music, and then usually inside jokes is like this fourth yeah, element, which we name. somehow like try to relate back to the first subject so that we can yeah. do silly things like penis latte art competitions or right. <laughs> we just do like collaboration stuff, you know, like like with the latte dick art competition, I recently became a barista and was learning that latte art isn't as easy as everybody thinks it is. Mm -hmm. And there's also a phase in your like latte art evolution where you go from like making trees to penises. Like everything for some reason kind of looks like a penis. And so I wanted to find like a better way of making the perfect latte dick art. That's and it. then she was having a battle with Oliver again about granola. Oh yeah, he started making granola and started talking a lot of shit about how his was better. So I like sent someone to tell him that mine was better. What ended up happening was we had so many people who were interested, like where is the best, who does make the best granola? What does the best granola mm -hmm. taste like? And how, and the dick art thing was open, so we had bartenders and just random yeah, people really who like, tried like, to make it. Making it open, kind of giving like, cause the like, the coffee scene in Paris is like exploding right now and they're setting such a high standard and there's so much good coffee, but there's not like so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and so it's kind of just like, I think it's like time where people can kind of start making fun of themselves. Well, speaking of community, I was thinking about it, and I think I met both of you at Paris Beer Week, at like a super quantum, uh, I think it's probably the first time. I think it was your birthday, actually. And I met you, and I remember you guys were out, but you weren't doing events last no, we year. You were you were hanging, yeah. <laughs> so this is like, so this is the first year that you're actually like, officially doing yeah. a Parasite event, and it's gonna be at Superquan? Doing it with right, the Superquan and Deck and Donahue, and the whole theme is like, everything kind of has a twist. 
on it. So we're doing the food, so I can't tell you everything because at least one thing is going to be this really great secret. So one of the things we're going to have is like, all of our recipes are related to beer, so they either have spent grains or beer in them. And uh, one of the things is going to be, uh, we're going to have excuse my French fries. So they're going to be beer soaked baked French fries and then we can write whatever kind of root comments we want. Yeah, we're also going to do burrito babies. I'm not going to explain that more. How, would, how do you win at Paris Beer Week? You can come check out too at Tasty Niche. I'm gonna do like my free week blog awesome. just to kind of like throw out like what you should definitely do, okay. what maybe you can avoid, and if two events overlap, cool. which one you probably want to pick. Awesome. So and is that is that tastingniche.com? Yeah, is that okay? Awesome. And then, blog and Instagram. Yeah, the parasites we have entirely too many unofficial surprises, but at least yeah. a few of them are going to come out. So like, <laughs> yeah. you should just see what we're doing. I'm also doing. Uh, my friend Georgina and I are doing the music for the final party. Cool. Okay. So, cool. Yeah, which after, is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, not all of it, but like we're doing like a good right. portion of it. So awesome. you can come out and dance. Have our yeah, our website is parasites.com. Most of the pages are still under construction. Okay. Yeah, you can definitely find our We're looking for like some web assistance, but we have zero dollars. <laughs> so if anyone wants to be involved in a community project. Yeah. Will they get a burrito baby in exchange? Yeah, or? Okay. So beer barterers, be in touch. We need a web designer. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, ladies. Happy beer week. <laughs> you can keep up with Marty and Nicole's events on their Facebook page. Just search for Parasites. That's P-A-R-I-S-I-T-E-S. Their Paris Beer Week event with Montreuil-based brewers Deck and Donahue will be held on Tuesday, May 26th at the Superquam in the 18th arrondissement. That's it for this pilot episode of the Perry Paysan podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want to learn more, check out my forthcoming book, My Paris Market Cookbook, which is out in September 2015, but you can pre-order right now. In it, you'll find more information on markets like Marché Bio des Batignolles, recipes from Emperor Norton, a cool shrub recipe from Forest, and some awesome recipes from Marty as well. There's also more in-depth coverage of the Paris craft beer scene, including information on brewers and bars that you should check out in the city, uh, and a lot more surprises that you will find out once you have the book in your hands. I'd like to give special thanks to Paige Donner and the team from World Radio Paris, who inspired me to start figuring out this whole audio recording and editing thing. Thank you to Omid, Alana, Forrest, Kate, Nicole, and Marty for taking time to talk to me. The podcast theme music is an original composition by Benjamin Narrell, who I think is really cool. I'll leave you with the Paris soundscape. If you can guess where this was recorded in the city, I'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. Just post your guesses on the Perry Paysan Facebook page. And thanks for listening.